The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Hello and welcome back to the Dropback Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis and joined today is Matt Burns Peak. How you doing, mate? I'm pretty good, mate. How's it going? There's that little bit of an Australian accent. It did sort of sneak in there, didn't it? You've been alone too long today. I have been a little bit. But I'm, I'm mainly just excited for the Super Bowl tomorrow. Are you more excited for the Super Bowl or the new carpet we've got? I mean, the new carpet has been an, an absolute net positive. Massively on the flat. <laughs> it's so comfy. But, all right, Super Bowl. We've had a couple of episodes already this week, so if you haven't listened to those, make sure you go check them out before the game because we've got perspective of a Bengals fan and a Raiders fan that we thought was a Rams fan when we invited him on the show. But either way, it was a great show. Mm. Knew, knew a lot of stuff about the Rams, to be yeah. fair. Um, but yeah, check them out. Good content. And so today, let's we'll do a little little preview of both sides of the ball against each other. And have you have you made a decision yet which side you want to start on, Bengals offense or defense? Bengals defense. Bengals defense against the Rams Why offense. Why not? Yeah. 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 It's going to be tough. You think it's going to be tough? I think it is going to be tough. It's a weird one because, like, I think, and we've said it a few times, how the Bengals' defense doesn't stand out in any way, shape, or form in terms of, like, the personnel they have. Um, but they've managed to do a really good job in terms of, like, creating turnovers and also just keeping t- keeping the offense in the game. Because there have been times when Burroughs and, and the offense have, in games, sort of gone through brief periods where they've, you know, hit a rut or, or stuff's not working. They've had to sort of adjust. And I think the defense has been really good at playing complementary football in those instances mm, yeah if you're gonna have to pick a guy big trey hendrickson game with andrew whitworth not necessarily 100 percent fitness well i think that's that's going to be interesting isn't it like um i mean first of all yeah we, we i think again we, we sort of touched on it a little bit last week but how good a, a pickup trey hendrickson has been for the for the bengals kind of out of nowhere like i was definitely on the bandwagon of a little bit surprised when when they put when they made that move in the off season, I think he's the highest paid pass, pass rusher in the league. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's pretty I mean. sure they 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 gave him a big old contract, and you know Trey Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson has looked like a solid player, and he's had really good flashes. But for me, up until this year, I, he hadn't really put a consistent sort of season of dominant play together. Whereas I think this year he's really taken another step. So yeah, that's turned out to be a great move. Yeah, second season like a full time starter. Obviously, he took over last year from in the Saints when Marcus Davenport went down. Mm. Fortunately, somewhat for him is in that, in the contract year, which yeah. is always a great time to have a breakout. And those those guys often don't pan out in the way that you'd want them to, either because they're picked up by someone a little bit more desperate and then they get overbid on because yeah. they're like, right, look, he's just hitting his stride now, or just because it happens to fall in that contract year. So, well, but, they're still quite unproven in many ways. Yeah, well, one year of success is not highest payer paid at the position. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, fair play to the Bengals. Uh, I mean, I think there is still a, a you know, no, one, no one's going off and saying that Trent Hendrickson is now the best pass rusher in the league or anything like that. But I think, you know, he's been really crucial to them this season. And I think that defense has benefited from having someone who can consistently a, a pressure the quarterback, where perhaps in the past they've they've kind of struggled in that area. Mm. And it will help them because their success this year hasn't come from sending extra blitzers like from no. odd angles and doing all that sort of stuff, which is a good factor because the Rams and Matt Stafford in particular have been absolutely chewing up and spitting out blitzers yeah. for days. 
it's just not the way you attack elite quarterbacks and the way the Bengals like to play, get everyone in front of the ball, be short tacklers, is 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 good because it leans you on the front foot. But my worry with this team a little bit is that linebacking core. And we mm. talked about it a little bit in the episode with Dylan. How especially what they, the Rams like to do in terms of their slot receivers. Yeah. I do worry a bit whether those guys can hold up in space, like consistently. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting sort of part of the get part of the game on Sunday is gonna be, yeah, like I said, how those linebackers sort of deal with having to be able to be sure in pass coverage and drop into those zones when you have such talented guys on the Ram side who are gonna be going into that space. Like when you when you've got to be disciplined and knowing how accurate Stafford can be as well in that me- in that middle part of the field. That's going to be a really tough assignment for them, um, but I, th- I mean, it, again, I think you're you're completely right on the blitz front as well. Like you can't. There's been a lot of times this season where it's been proven that if you just try and send blitz after blitz after blitz at like elite quarterbacks because you can't manufacture pressure from a front three or a front four in a in a base formation, we've how many times have we seen them teams be able to adjust to that soup super easily and just like. Like I said, just just well, just the best quarterbacks know where there's a, where the defense is a guy short, yeah. and he knows where he knows where to go with it. It's just blitzes are usually successful against younger quarterbacks or those that like haven't played a whole lot of football because mm. they just well they haven't seen it all. They don't know where to attack once they feel the heat. Yeah. Um, the other thing for this, like while we're on the linebackers, is it'll be interesting to see how they play the run and the play action game with the Rams. Yeah. I mean, the, the to be honest, the Rams play action game hasn't been as much of a factor in this offense as it has been in years past because they've True. got well they've got two standout like world class receivers not to any shade of Robert Woods but what they've got now with Odell Beckham yeah, on, to have him on the weak side is different to what they were able to do with Robert Woods where they used to sort of put Cup and Woods on the same side so it's like pick your poison two, yeah. at two best against whatever you've got over there you're not going to put your two best guys next to each other but there's less play action but what we saw against the Chiefs is that they're ve- those linebackers are like very aggressive downhill yeah. as soon as they see runs. So if the Rams do go to some sort of play action, is that going to lead to a lot more voids in behind them that they'll want to like hit quickly? Mm. And I mean, like Sean, Sean, everyone knows Sean McVay is a very talented sort of offensive mind and, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's keyed into that. And, and if, if we start to see maybe more play action from the Rams than we have seen in certainly you know the back, back stretch of the season... Because it does, you know, it, it forces the Bengals to not be able to play on that instinct when it comes to the run. Um, and it starts to put those linebacks in difficult situations where you can really exploit that middle of the field. So I think that'll be something to watch out for, definitely. Yeah. And the other thing is how the Rams are going to attack this game is that they will stick with the run. Mm. And so it'll be interesting to see how long, how long can the Bengals stick in like too high? Will they be forced to bring Von Bell down a little bit earlier, more consistent basis, and go with one high and Jesse Bates? And then obviously, there's like, as soon as you do that, because you're pressuring them with continuing to run it, then you've got what they like to do. They go trips with Cooper Cup to one side, mm. Odell Beckham, who is one of the best right now at winning one on one matchups consistently. Yeah. So I know it's sort of like, right, the Rams are probably going to start passing it around. They'll run the ball a bit. What will Bengals do with Von Bell? Well, they like, right. We know you don't really want to be running the ball the whole game. And to be honest, they haven't been successful very much running the ball in the playoffs of the Rams. They're not being no. consistently great at it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see like who breaks first off on that front. 
Yeah, and, and I think a huge part of that will be, um, you know, who starts off with their foot on the gas as well at the beginning of the game. Um, I think if you know if the rat if the Bengals get off to a hot start and and manage to put some points up early, then to a certain extent, it sort of forces McVeigh's hand a little bit. Um, and then subsequently, you you could kind of say the opposite as well because we've seen times when the Rams have gone up and they've sort of, for whatever reason, just decided not to run the ball and and, and just overly cautious on that exactly. Um, so that would be that would be really interesting. I, I think Von Von Bell's played pretty well this season, to be fair. So I think certainly having him as having it the option of bringing him down to the box is going to play a big part. Um, it's just what they can do on the back end when it comes to like I said. Beckham and, and Cooper Cup are, you could argue, two players that both warrant being bracketed or at least sort of double covered in some format. Mm. Um, be that with safety help, be that with um, you know a man in nickel or, or a man pressing, and then extra help as well on the, on the boundary side. Like you have to scheme something up for both of those players most most of the time, I'd say. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think if the round do sort of stick with the ball on the ground, they've actually got a really good chance of being yeah. able to take a hold of the game on on the offensive side of the ball. But it's just whether whether they're going to be brave enough to do that from a play calling standpoint. Oh really? You think that running the ball is what could help the Rams win this game? I think so. I mean, I think I know they it, they didn't have fantastic success with it last week, and you know, and at times in the playoffs as well, they've. They've struggled. Cam Akers being down for large parts of the season had a real blow on them from that point of view as well. Um, but I think it's especially early on, if they can really make a point of trying to establish that run game, like I said, it allows them to start to build the play-action stuff. It allows them to start to m- make those linebackers second-guess assignments. Um, and like eventually, you know, from a from a Rams point of view, you probably want to be in the situation where they where they feel they've got to bring Von Bell into the box and you get that those better matchups on the backside. So I'd say if I'm you know, on the Rams offense. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. So you want to be able to run the ball well to force them to adapt, yeah, basically. So exactly. you can get it. Okay, good cool. Not not that necessarily they don't win the game unless they run the ball well early. No, I mean I, I think ultimately the Rams will win the game from my point of view because they're, because they're the better team right <laughs> like they 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 should on paper be the team that wins this game but I think they will have a lot a much smoother ride to that conclusion if they if they sort of establish that run game early yeah absolutely uh, it is interesting what we like with the 3 row one that they have decided that Odell Beckham because usually you put your best receiver mm. on the one side because you know that's where you're going to get the single coverage matchup and that trade or pickup of Odell has really taken that Rams offense to a different level because it was yeah. sort of petering out, not petering out at half, but they were a bit in struggle town before they picked Odell up, obviously. Yeah. So like, it allows them so much more freedom what they can do with Cooper Cup in terms of moving him around the three side, like where they want to be able to put him. Yeah. So in terms of what the Rams can do, it, they can just beat you in so many ways. I mean, mm. it will be interesting to see what they do without Tyler Higby if he doesn't. Because I'm not yeah. sure if he is playing. It seems like he's trending towards at least not being 100% at the very best case scenario. Which would be quite big, to be fair. They they have, especially in like third down situations or in red zones, they they have sort of leaned on Tyler Higby's ability mm. to, you know, especially where he's one of those, he's, he's really morphed into one of those tight ends where he's, you know, too physical for a safety and, and sort of too fast for a linebacker. He's starting to get into that sort of upper echelon of elite tight ends which 
is just such a massive boon when you get to mm. that side, that part of the field. Um, defensively, it becomes a real nightmare, especially when it's like, you know, you can kind of almost deal with it if it's like him and him and Cooper Cup. But like I said, when you've got Odell Beckham as well, who you need to account for being able to pretty much beat most guys one on one in some capacity, mm. you cut. You don't have the luxury of being able to scheme help for one for all of those three big targets. Yeah. Um, and then you compound that when you've got Matt, Matt, Matthew Stafford, who's you know deadly accurate, especially in the red zone. He's he is fantastic at, at picking a hole in a defense and the ball placement especially in sort of con- compressed fields is usually spot on so you've got no margin margin for error there yeah and the other as well as how good a receiving threat he is he's actually a pretty good blocker as well mm. and i don't know what the backup tight end is called but i was watching him and he's number 86 and if you didn't know well he's on the field because tyler higby's off injured you would just assume that they're going four wide receivers he is a thin boy it it just makes it difficult to do what they want to do in terms of the running game if it means you can't add a number in because they they go three they go three wide a lot of the time which means they're very reliant on their tight end and receivers as blocking which is why it was so useful when they had robert woods and cooper cup as their blocking tight um blocking receivers but if you lose higby and woods you're down to cup being probably your best blocker other yeah. than outside of your O line. Yeah. They don't really they don't play with a fullback either. No, exactly. And and that that has sort of, that's become quite a big part of sort of Sean McVay's offenses as well is having players that are great at in the in the passing game but also in the run game. It allows you to be way more disguised of what you're doing um, without without having that obvious weakness. Like you can move players around and sort of you know, but your play action and stuff like that and your um, your short game and your run game are so much more effective when it, you, you don't have a player on the field where the defense can go. He is not going to be effective in the blocking game. Mm. Um, when everyone is decent at the blocking game, every part of your offense is way more rounded. So if they're going to have to play the backup tight end, then that's going to be a factor as well um, in making them have to s- struggle a little bit, either executing the run game or disguising what they want to do in the run game a lot more. And the same vice versa as well. When you've got guys that are blockers that could also catch, like when he's um, the Eagles after they jog Dallas Goddard play a lot of twelve personnel. Yeah. Which, as a defense, you have to match by going to at least base to bring yeah. an extra linebacker in and get rid of the safety. Is that then right? You've got these guys that are blockers, but they can also go out and catch the ball for big gains. So, mm. I, yeah, you're right. So having that missing piece will be interesting to see how well they're able to run the ball. Yeah. Um, matchup wise, like. They, they have to get pressure with four, don't they? Like, that has to be the way 100%. to success. 100%. And they've got to stay disciplined with it because there might be times in the game where they... Like I said, my worry with the Bengals is that they may be... You know, I can see an instance where they start the game and they're struggling to get pressure on Stafford and then the instinct is very much, especially if you're down at score or a couple of scores, is like, well, we need to send more people. We need to send the house to them. And I think, actually, the way that you make it more difficult for them is... You know, you you go with your stunts and stuff like that. Rather than sending more guys, you need to get more creative with how you match up your base against the against the O line. Because as soon as you start sending extra men against a, a team like the Rams with a quarterback like Stafford, you're going to have a world of problems on the backside. Mm. So matchup wise, Rams win score score enough points on offense. How many would you say you'd be surprised if they scored less than twenty um... five? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think twenty five is very much a minimum for for this Rams offense. 
Uh, I mean, and again, that's no disrespect to the Bengals defense. I think they've played some fantastic football. I just think the way the teams stack up, um, and the way the sort of weaknesses and strengths of both of both of those sides align, mm. it surely means that there's enough sort of areas for the Rams to exploit in, in a few different ways that they're going to be able to get some points on the board. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I know you said you want, and it sort of makes sense you want to be able to run the ball effectively, but the Rams they win this game by the explosive plays that they've made on the outside sure like you if you've got those talented guys what are you best at is getting Stafford the ball getting Stafford to get the ball to cup and Beckham what 20-15 yards downfield in chunks yeah and it's not like this Bengals team won't allow that I feel like the Bengals this season have played very much like a sort of bend but don't break unit um, in that respect so I, I do sort of expect those big plays to be available um, and I mean like you said the establishing the run game makes it much easier to to get those on a regu- on a consistent basis throughout the game. But I I think even if they don't go in that direction game plan wise, I think just because of how talented the pieces are with with Cup, with Beckham, with Stafford throwing the ball, you're going to get chunk plays either way. Um, for me, it's just how how much on the back foot can you put the Bengals mm. um, is is the key for me in terms of and why it's important to get that run game going. Okay. So Bengals offense, very nice. Are they too reliant on just getting big chunk plays that this Rams defense won't let them have? Will Burrow have the time? But first of all, even if it even if they weren't a subpar offensive line, let's put that aside from now. <laughs> you're still going against probably the best five man front in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Yeah, the the Rams have the I think one of the best deep passing. Well, secondaries in the league. Mm-hmm. The Bengals, the way that they like to attack, they've struggled. They scored like 19 points a game against Fangio system defences. And the, the Rams are built to stop explosive plays. Yeah. It's not looking great. Do you have to attack the area like behind those when you've got the, when the Rams have one linebacker attack sort of that middle of the field, that shallow? sort of zone is that is that how the Bengals need to operate I'd say so I think the Bengals on offense I mean again it's 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 really tough matchup in terms of what you've got to come up against on on the sort of front and then also the talent that they've got in the back end Uh, I mean I think Eric Weddle being back in there yeah he might not be physically you know he's an old man now to be fair to him but he's still got the understanding and the communication skills of a top safety because that's what he was for so much of his career. So that's going to be a massive boon just organizationally and being able to communicate throughout that defense. Um, he's got the green dot for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's ready to roll. Okay. So yeah. And which again, I think is going to make a big difference in that case then, because having that in your secondary, especially at safety, having a veteran safety makes such a big difference to being able to limit those blown coverages or those mm. mismatches because they can they can help you organize and they can read things so well um a factor a, a, a sort of combination of that as well as obviously the way that the o-line and d-line stacks up makes me think that the bengals are going to need to drastically shorten their playbook in terms of lots of quick game when you say lot- shorten you mean bring it in not yeah. not throw stuff out necessarily you mean no. yeah bring yeah. it bring it in bring it closer try and but also i think they will try try and, and speed up um the the release as well because you don't we've seen 
Burroughs can take it, but you don't really want to spend the entirety of the game watching Burroughs being dumped in his ass by Aaron Donald. Yeah, and he, and against the Rams as well, um, Rams, the Chiefs as well, it seemed like he was throwing it earlier than he needed to on mm. some occasions. It, it's not because he's scared. It's just like, naturally, when you're getting hit, you know you've got less time, so yeah. you want to go through those progressions because you don't want to leave it leave meat on the bone, but you also know you can't spend as long as you want to on exactly. each read. And, I mean... Ideally for the Bengals, what they need is, first of all, whenever they get a one-on-one with Jamar Chase, whenever they can get a formation where they can see one-on-one, mm. they need to take those because those opportunities aren't going to come up a lot. Yeah, And that's the only way I can see them getting consistent explosives. And for a team that's been reliant on explosive plays because their drives aren't usually... like That was what was different against the Chiefs, that they were able to sort of meticulate the ball down the yeah, field. Sustain drives, exactly. And they they haven't been able to do that this season consistently. So yeah, like when they came out after the bye, like oh let's be a running team and be and get the ball moving consistently, slowly move. They weren't good at it. the no, offense. Stunk. Didn't didn't fit what they what they were used to doing beforehand. So you need to take the Jamar Chase one on ones when you get them. I'm not saying you're going to win them all because a lot of those you're going to get going to be against Jalen Ramsey, and tough, you're not yeah. going to win all of those. But you will need to at least take the chances to do what you're best at. Yeah. And the other thing is, I think you're going to have to utilise Tyler Boyd quite mm. a lot. Because we spoke about how they Rams leave a lot of space, sort of that intermediate middle yeah. area of the field, which is where Tyler Boyd operates. And the five men that the Rams have usually on the line, five down men, three, well, including Aaron Donald, Counts as about Von, four and Von Miller, it's going to be difficult for Joe Bar- um, Joe Mixon to get out a lot. Yeah. Because when they're playing empty or only single back without a tight end, he has to be involved in the pass pro. Well, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. You're going to need to lean on Joe Mixon a lot more in terms of just keeping Burrow upright as opposed to utilising him as you would ideally like to as a, an option out of the backfield. Yeah, so so that would be interesting because they, hit, they do like to hit him a lot on swings. But mm. if you can't get, if you're having to chip and then get out, you, you can't do that as much if there's five guys that you're having to pass pro every single yeah, play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, run game, the Bengals have not been a... Cons- which is... I mean, Joe Mixon is a good back. Yeah. The issue is, is the line just isn't good enough for a consistent no. run game. And Sean Robinson was dominant against... Um, who did they play? The 49ers. Yeah. In that running game. He looked, he looked really good going back to an article I wrote a couple of years ago about the Lions front how they got some good players and then mm. they were absolutely shite <laughs> but, but, but Asian Robinson is a good player and yeah. when he is uh, at least the fourth worst player then on your offense you've got some problems you got, you've got some real problems if you're trying to move the ball consistently on the line so I I think you're just going to be reliant on sort of like ex- which they have been all year reliant yeah. on explosive plays and I can't see against this Rams team how they're going to get enough of those yeah yeah and I, I think as well you mentioned it there the the sort of matchup between um chase and ramsey like when, when you've got a one-on-one in that space then you've got to try and take it but i think it's just going to be so interesting to see how often they're going to be able to get that mm. um i mean don't get me wrong i think the rams will will be brave and i think there will be those opportunities that I mean at the end of the day ramsey's what probably the best cornerback in the league I'd say in in what in it's hard to say coverage. anyone's definitively better than him. Sure, like uh, I I I would argue certainly for my money, I think he's the best man to man cover corner in the league. Um, 
and he plays a huge part in the Rams' game plans as a result of that. So I think you, you know you can't just sort of stick Jamar Chase out there and and hope for the best. Yeah, um, that will be interesting to see how they use Ramsey because a lot of the times they've they felt they need to put him a bit more in the slot in that apex position because he's their best tackler as a DB. Yeah. So if they're playing zone, that's fine. You could put Weddle there, which mm. they were able to do against the 49ers a bit more and since he's come in. But if they want to leave Weddle somewhere else or put him to the other side or something like that, then Ramsey's usually their well, slot corner because he's the most physical of their corners. And yeah. which, In which case, depending on what you're playing, do you then get Jamar Chase one-on-one against a subpar sort of defender? But I, I, I don't understand. You, you Surely as a, as a defensive coordinator... Are you scared enough of the Ram um, Bengals running game to put yourself in that I situation? So. I don't think you need to. I think if I if I am, um, you know, if, if I'm the Rams DC, I am solely getting getting Ramsey on Chase's, you know, matching up with Chase as often as possible. Mm. Like I said, I don't think you need to. I know, obviously, a massive boon of Ramsey is his tackling ability, but I don't think, like you said, that there's enough of a threat in that running game for the Bengals that you need to manufacture putting him into those sort of positions um at the end of the day your best chance of of being the Bengals is taking away jamar chase yeah. i think so use your best cover corner to complete to blanket him um let the others do their stuff to be honest like i don't think it, re- it even needs to be more complicated from that from the rams point of view uh, we say this and yet the Bengals keep winning so yeah i mean i i the issue is i can't see the Bengals winning I just can't. Like the matchup wise, none of it looks good for them. No. Like they've got some great players, but even if like the great players they don't match up well with what the Rams don't like to defend. Yeah. So if the Bengals try and attack the way that they have done all season, that doesn't work for them. They need to find a new way to do things. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think the only, the way that I can only see the Bengals sort of being able to get a win here is if they basically go very, very off piece from what they've done throughout the season. Basically which, on both sides of the ball. Which, to be no, but I think that's why they've been successful on defense because they haven't had a thing that they always sort of do. Mm. They, they do they've like, adapted well. They've adapt. They're much more adaptable on defense, and they do seem to be on offense. Which, I mean, it gives you it gives you hope a little bit that maybe mm. they'll have a good defensive plan to keep it close. But the way that this Rams offense has been ticking, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think the Bengals' offense is good enough to be able to put points on the board. And, you know, subsequently, I don't think it's going to be, you know, the Rams' defense hasn't been consistent enough this season to make me think that they're going to completely dominate the Bengals in that area. Mm. I just think, like I said, for the Bengals to be successful on a consistent basis in this game, they're going to have to really be very adapted to, adaptive to the Rams' strengths. Mm. Um, and on defense, they've shown the capacity to do that. On offense, it's going to be it's going to need them to do some things that they've shown that they're not especially comfortable doing so far this season. They might be able to game plan for it. You know, you've got an extra week for the for the Super Bowl. You've got some time to be able to install new stuff and, and you know, clean up some of that things. Well, maybe in the season where it's game after game after game, you don't have that luxury. But I just think they're going to need quite a substantial change on the offensive side. Yeah, I would agree. Final score prediction? I don't think it's going to be any sort of blowout. I think the Bengals are going to give a really, really good account of themselves. And I think that, you know, a combination of the way that McVay teams have typically managed to do their best to throw away dominating positions and also the fact that Bengals are, are a good team and are in a good vein of form 
I'm, I'm going to go something like you know 32 25 something around that 31 25 about a touchdown yeah yeah about I would, a I would score say, I'd say. I, would, I would say about the same um mvp Ooh, it's going to be stafford isn't it surely now i'm going odell you're going odell okay odell. Wow. I, I i don't know how odell would get it without it being stafford yeah but i would quite like it to be odell that'd be big i mean imagine if it you know, in this universe where odell beckham does win super bowl mvp that's going to be very interesting going into the off-season as well. He's a free agent, isn't he? He is a free agent, indeed. I mean, I think he's going to command a market anyway. Yeah, he's but... he's definitely managed to prove that he was not necessarily the only issue in Cleveland. No, absolutely not. It's Baker Mayfield being a wobbly passer. Wobbly passer, indeed. All right. That all we got? I think, I think, I think we've nailed it. Excellent. <laughs> that's the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out all of our socials at the dropback on facebook twitter and instagram the dropback.com for articles and all that sort of stuff i've been sam i've been matt until next time bye the dropback with sam lewis matt burns peak joe costanzo and sam wilson 